Give me your Bibles. Uh, go ahead and open them up to Revelation chapter 4. It's Revelation chapter 4. The title of this morning's message is Real Living. Real Living. That's the name of a, a magazine about uh, homes and home decor. Um, you know, uh, home ownership and, and decorating the home, all that sort of stuff. That's kind of like the, uh, the American dream. And uh, we talk about the American dream, the uh, opportunity for prosperity and upward uh, social mobility, achievement through through hard work, and, and all that is that all that's great, all that's fun. Uh, but there's more to life than than just that. There's more to life than than just obtaining and having. Uh, Jesus Christ says in in John chapter ten and verse ten, the thief has come not for, uh, not but for to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And the abundant life is what Christ is able to give us. He's able to offer us. Christ can enrich our life. He can fill our lives and fulfill our lives and make them abundant. And, of course, Christ can provide our needs. And, of course, Christ gives us uh, things that we can enjoy and, and the great things in life that we have He's given us to, to enjoy. But uh, it's more than just the physical. That's what the abundant part is. It's, 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 it's overflowing. And I thought of some ways that Christ, that He uh, gives us this life, this abundant life, and how we can ensure that we have it. The one, one of the greatest ways to ensure His, his joy and His abundance in our heart, that joy that's inside, is through His presence. Just the presence of Christ, the presence of God with us, being in His presence, knowing that He is present with us. Doesn't that make all the difference, really? Doesn't that make all the difference in, in church, uh, is if He's here with us? You know, it really doesn't matter who's here as long as He's here. It doesn't matter uh, what we do, I, I'll, I, really, almost, it really doesn't matter what we do as long as He's here with us. And that's, that's my prayer, I hope that's all of our prayers, is that, you know, when, when the Lord's with us, the Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And isn't it wonderful just to get together with, with, uh, with folks and, and just have liberty? Uh, to not have to have your guard up, but just feel the presence of God and the peace of God and the joy of the Lord that He gives. I love that. I love that here. I, I believe that He is here with us. I believe that He meets with us. Not because of, of us. Not because of, that we're special in any way. It's nothing that we know or nothing really that we do. Uh, it's all by His grace. Uh, I think that He meets with us and He comes and His presence is with us is because we ask Him. Because we ask Him to. We want Him here. Uh, you know, that's really what it is. And when we get into His presence, when we get into the Lord's presence, we become worshipers. I think just immediately when you get into the presence of the Lord, uh, you don't have to tell Him anything. There's nothing that we know that He doesn't. We don't have to instruct Him. We don't have to really do anything. When we get into the presence of God, it becomes worship. Look at Revelation. You're open to Revelation chapter 4. This is a worship service that I can't wait to get to. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ given to John, which he gave to the church. He gave to us. And this is something that's going to happen in the future. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 9. John, he is taken up in a vision. He is uh, he's walking into the throne room of God. He's walking into heaven. 
And this is what one day we'll uh, get to experience. In John chapter 4 and verse 9, And when those beasts uh, gave glory and honor and thanks to Him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. These beasts we find are seraphim. And the four and twenty elders fall down before Him that sat on the throne and worshipped Him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord to receive glory and honor and power. Uh, Let me just stop right there. Is our Lord Jesus Christ, is He worthy to receive glory and honor and power? He sure is, isn't He? That's worship. That's worship. He says, For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. You know why we were created? For His pleasure. Isn't it amazing that we can bring pleasure to God? We find that, in, that in, in the Garden of Eden, that man and women, woman, they were created to have fellowship with God. And that fellowship with God pleases God. Our faith pleases God. Worship pleases God. In John 4.23, the Bible says, But the hour cometh and now is when true worshipers shall worship in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. You know the Father is seeking worshipers. He's seeking us to worship Him, not because He needs the worship, but you know, as we worship, if we were to worship somebody, uh, we would become to be like them. I believe the more that we worship Christ, the more that we're going to become a take on Him and His image. And really as Christians, to be like Christ, uh, that is our purpose is to become more in the image of Christ. And that can happen through our worshiping Him. Worshiping Him in spirit. Isn't it good to be in spirit? Uh, Isn't it good to have the Spirit of God inside of us that just makes the joy bells ring? I don't know how else to say it. And when you're uh, around other people that have the joy bells ringing, I don't don't know that it gets much better than that. That we're we're worshiping the Lord together because of the Spirit that's in us. That cries out to the Father. Look at this worship service as it continues in Revelation chapter 5, verse 8 to 12. Try and picture this. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. That's an interesting thing. That our prayers, you know, you're, you're a saint. You're, you're set apart as a believer in Christ uh, for the Lord. Those, those prayers are bottled up. And they're a sweet odor to our Savior. He says in verse 9, And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof. For Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by Thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. He's talking about us. One day we're going to be part of that worship service. He says, And hath made us uh, unto our God kings and priests and shall reign on the earth. I can't wait for that either. And behold, I heard a voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, 100 million plus. saying with a loud voice. Can you imagine 100 million plus angels with a loud voice worshiping the Lord, worshiping the Lamb of God? 
wow, being in His presence. You know, we're, we look forward to this worship service, but I, I have to tell you, we, we can feel a little bit of heaven in our soul right now. I mean, when God's Spirit comes down and lives inside of us, that's a little bit of heaven coming down in our soul right now. I mean, there's been some times when I've been by myself just driving down the road listening to some good worship music and, and a little bit of heaven came down in that car, came down in that truck, you know? I've experienced that here where you just feel just, just the joy of the Lord, just heaven on earth. That's wonderful. You know, there's really not much that can't be taken care of when you're in the presence of the Lord. You want to really, really live life? You want to really have life inside? Experience His presence. Experience the presence of the Lord. You know, as, as humans, we sometimes we seek that thrill. We seek that high. Boy, that thrill and the high that comes through walking with Christ and knowing Him. You know, a life without Christ and His presence can, can, become, it can become dry. It can become hollow. It can really, it can become dead. He gives life. He breathes that life into us. The Bible talks about the Spirit as wind and His breath throughout the Bible. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, as He creates man from the dust of the ground. The Bible says that He formed him up, right? And then what's the Bible say He did? That He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life. Boy, when Christ breathes that, that breath of life, you know, that happens at salvation. That born again, He breathes the Spirit of God into us. And the Bible says they became a living soul. Boy, when you, when you experience that renewed spirit, that re- renewed mind, wow, the Spirit of God coming into us. You know, I can picture Adam there. I'm trying to imagine this. The Bible says He formed them, just as if someone would, would sculpt something, Right? Or, 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 you know, just made out of plaster or something. People can make them look really lifelike, right? But there's no life. That's what Adam was. He was laying there. And he was all dusty, <laughs> dried up. There was no life in Adam until God blew that breath of life into him. Wow. And then Adam became alive. Isn't it? You know, I, I, I don't know if you can remember back, depending on when you came to Christ and began your walk with Him and experienced uh, his, his love in your heart. Did you ever, what, right, right after ex- experiencing salvation, just walk outside and experience creation like you've never experienced it before? The birds sang like, wow, this is beautiful. And begin to have a, His presence, that He's here with us. And, and wow, when you, look, when you experience the presence of God, all fear just, just flees. When you're with God and you know how much He loves you, and you know that He's responsible for you, what would we fear? The feeling that we can have through. And again, I'm not trying to say all my relationship with Christ is based on feeling, but boy, I'll tell you, I feel it. It's hard not to. It's hard not having the Spirit of God move inside of you and you not know it. You not experience something. Joy and peace, the fruits of the Spirit. Christ present. There's a, there's a story. Take your Bibles, turn to Ezekiel. Ezekiel, the prophet there, is prophesying to the nation of Israel. And so God gives the prophet there, Ezekiel, this vision that he's supposed to preach to the nation of Israel of what's to come and how God sees 
the nation of Israel. Ezekiel chapter 37. The Bible says in verse 1, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out into the spirit, in the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. You got a valley full of dry bones. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? I always find it interesting when God asks someone a question, you know. <laughs> Ezekiel had the right answer, and he answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, You dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. It's interesting what, what Christ is telling Ezekiel, what God is telling Ezekiel to do to revive these bones. He's telling them, Prophesy to them. Tell them to hear the words of the Lord. You know, the, hear, the words of the Lord have creating power, don't they? We find in Genesis that he said, let there be light. That was his word. His word has that power. Verse 6, and I will lay sinew upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. The vision here is Israel, they were, they were dried up. They were, they were all as good as dead. People would have said there was no hope. But, but there's never a time where there's no hope with God. People don't get too far where there's just no hope with God. I mean, He can still, He can, he can breathe life where there is no life. Verse 7, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. I think that's where the, you know, the song came from. The ankle bone is connected to the leg bone, and the leg bone connected to the knee bone. That's where that came from. It's from Ezekiel there. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say unto the wind, Thus saith the Lord, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe. Upon these slain, and they may live. He's saying, "Hey, the wind comes down." So he puts he puts this back together, and then he gives them this, his spirit. The wind comes in, and these bones they have they have life. They become a mighty army in this vision for Ezekiel. The same thing can happen to us. You know, we can be going through life and get all dried up. We can get kind of kind of uh, just just a skeleton. A very little sign of life. When God's Spirit blows in, man, He changes things. The Spirit of the Lord can change us. He can take a hard, hard, hard heart and make it soft. He can give compassion. He can give compassion to to, uh, a heart that is, is not compassionate. He can give love and joy and peace to a heart that doesn't have that. That is what the Spirit of God has power to do. I think of it this way. As we live the Christian life, He tells us to walk in the Spirit. You know, we can either grind through our Christian life and, and make ourselves do it, make ourselves, or we can just be greased and just kind of glide. And, and you say, really? Can you? I think so. I think as we are filled with the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, then, then the things that we do, we enjoy. The, when we serve Christ in the Spirit, it's not hard. It's really not. It's a joy. We have the fruits of the Spirit. We have that love. We have that. We, we serve God. 
out of an overflow. That's, that, that, that's what I read there in, in uh, John chapter 4. That he tells them, hey, he was talking to the, the Samaritan woman, remember? And he told her that the Lord's seeking worshipers. And then right after that, he tells his disciples, look under the fields, they're, they're white out ready to harvest. To go out and harvest the field. But hey, before you, before you become a worshiper, it's hard to be a laborer. Why? Because it's hard without the Spirit. It's hard without the joy. It's hard without the love. If we're not full of His presence, if we're not full of His thing, then then all that we try to do just grinds. But boy, when we get filled up with the Lord and filled up with His presence, things become just greased. That's what we want. You want to pick me up? You want to boost in your Christian life? Seek His presence. Seek His presence. The wonderful thing is, is that we can enter in. We have, as, as believers, we have a privilege in prayer. You know the verse, we talk about it here all the time in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that ye may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I don't know about you, but there's plenty of times in my life when I need mercy and I need grace. And he says that you can come boldly. I mean, you just come confidently before the Lord in prayer. You say, oh, I would like the presence of the Lord. He's not that far away. His presence is, we have access through Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, it says, For through Him we have access by one Spirit unto the Father. So we can have His presence. We can have that presence in prayer. We can, we can you, know, you know what I find the Lord loves I find the Lord loves thankful children and when we become thankful I don't know what it is I can't necessarily explain it I'm just telling you that this is what I've experienced that when people become thankful to the Lord His presence shows up when we start thanking God for what He's done for us and thanking us for His blessing even when hey even when we have to thank Him on faith Even when, right, really, right around us, immediately around us, it, in, the, in the natural, it's like we don't have anything to be thankful for, which we really do, but we could thank Him by faith. And boy, the presence of God can show up through a thankful heart. That's really just part of worship, a thankful heart. We're talking about real living, real living with the presence of God. How about real living with His power, the power of God? Boy, when you get tapped into the power of God, you got really tapped into power. Jesus said, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. I mean, He has all power. He has creating power, and you can't really top that power. <laughs> and He has power. But you know, the, the one that you and I experience, and we can look around this room and, uh, and have, give testimony to, is His transforming power. His transforming power. Transforming power is power. Boy, when you, when you have a heart that is full of joy and turned from selfishness and self-centeredness and, and, and hate and, and all these things, and we have a joy, a joy that comes out because of a transformation of experience in His presence. Boy, I'm telling you, when, when we're in His presence, the natural result of that is joy and love, worship. And that's powerful. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Boy, 
when you have joy in your heart, you can really go through a lot of things. You become very resilient. You, you be, you, you, it, joy gives us energy, doesn't it? Joy just gives us, uh, it, just, it just puts that boost in what we're doing. So much better to, to walk with the Lord and serve the Lord with His joy. Joy is power, that inner joy. You know, sometimes we can, we can put the face on of everything's fine and everything's happy, but boy, that inner joy where it just kind of bubbles out. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be with Him. How about love? You know, love is a demonstration of the power of God. And that is great, great power. Love has the power to change the world, and it did. John chapter 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. To have love in our heart toward others. You know, the cross for us stands for love. It, it proves the love of Christ. He loved us so much that He gave that He gave, that He gave Himself. You know, it's hard for us to sin against our neighbor, to sin against each other, or to sin against God when we love Him. And that's why when the uh, uh, scribes and Pharisees came to Christ and asked them what are the greatest commandments, what was Christ's response? He summed it up, made it really simple. Mark chapter 12 and verse 30 and 31. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Think about it. When we love the Lord with all our heart and all our mind and all our strength, everything else will just fall right into place. Right? Everything else. You You know, a heart full of love, a heart full of love doesn't need laws. It doesn't need laws. When you you have the love, you're going to do the right thing. Love is the right thing. (laughs) It's the right thing to your neighbor. He says, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other greater commandments than these. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 John. 1 John. Love has the power to change us. Love has the power to change us. Love has the power to change others. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 5. You know what salvation is? Salvation is the love of God toward us. He gave it to us. Free gift. The love of God. All of it was on His expense. And He sent it. And He he put it toward us. You say... How do I know that the Lord loved me? I mean, when we really understand salvation, we, we really understand that we're loved. That's what it comes down to, that we're loved. You say, how, how do I know that the Lord loves me? He's willing to forgive you. He's willing to adopt you into His family. He's willing to pay all the price for anything that we uh, need the price paid for. I mean, He's willing to take care of it all for us. That's love. That's love in action. He says in first. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 5. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. 
As we, as we walk the Christian life, as we live the Christian life, we're going to emulate Christ. We're going to have that love of Christ in us. What, what does the Word of God do for us? It should grow us in grace. It should grow us in grace. It should cause us to have love for those that need it. And folks need it. Look at, look at uh, 1 John chapter 4. Just page over. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. He says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifested, this is how He manifested His love toward us, because God sent His only begotten Son into the world that, he might, that we might live through Him. That's, that's the message, how to really live. We really live because God gave us His love. Hey, if, you, if you're not experiencing the love of God, if you're not accepting the love of God in your life, uh, can I say, you're not living yet. You know, we, we feel like, you know, if you're not loved and you're not loving, then you're not living. That's true. That's true. Because if, you, if we don't realize how much we're loved by God, then that's kind of, that'll dry us up. But boy, when we experience how much God loves us, then I, I believe the, the result of that, well, it's easy to love others. It's easy to have the grace on others once we've experienced that. Verse 10, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Here's the love of God. He came and He took our place. He loved us, the Bible says, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's love. That's great love. So now, because He loved us, He, he calls us out to love each other. But that's not a have to. I think it's going to be a want to when we experience His, his love. We're talking about, we're talking about the experiencing the power of God in transformation in our lives. He makes us a new creature. He puts the love of God in us. That's the power. How about, as we're talking about real living, His purpose. His purpose for us. You know, without a purpose, we're not living. We're just existing, right? We have to have a purpose. You know, our work becomes more than just a tool to uh, achieve that American dream that we talked about at the beginning. Our work uh, becomes ordained of God. He becomes our CEO. And we begin to think of it as ministry. We begin to think of the things that we do as, as being able to use that as a tool to show the love of Christ, to show the power of Christ to those that need it. He gives us a vision. The Bible says without a vision, the people perish. I believe as we draw close to Christ, uh, we'll see the vision that He has for our lives. That vision will cause action. Vision will cause action. It will put us on a path. It will give us a purpose, a direction, a goal. And when we have a direction that we really believe is given to us by God, that brings purpose. I mean, we become a man, we become a woman on a mission. When we believe that, hey, God has told me to go this way. God has directed me to go this way. What what purpose it fills us up with, what eternal purpose it fills us up with when we realize that we're working for the Lord. We have to surrender to that. Take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah chapter 6. 
There's no doubt in my mind uh, that God has a purpose for each and every one of us. We all we know that. God has a purpose for us. He wants to use us. But we have to surrender to that. Sometimes we can be self-willed. Sometimes we will start to think, Isaiah chapter 6, sometimes we'll start to think that our dreams for our lives would somehow bring more joy or more happiness than His purpose for our lives. But really, we know it's true that when we serve Him and when we, when we fulfill the purpose that He has for us, man, that's like, that's real living. That's eternal living. Real purpose in life. is experiencing Him. Look at Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. This Isaiah, he is getting a, he's given a vision from God, prophet, same thing. Uh, and, and he experiences exactly what we read in Revelation chapter 4. That John experienced. Verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up. And His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim. One had six wings. And he saw the same vision that John saw, the beast above the throne of God. Verse 3, and one cried to the other, said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory. And the post of the door moved, and the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with the smoke. Isaiah is seeing the throne room of God, just like John saw in Revelation. And you know what Isaiah's response was to that? Verse 5, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah just gets down low. I believe that that's where, where real worship's going to bring us is down low in a humble place before the Lord. When, when, look, when the Lord gets high and lifted up in our lives, then we become down low. That's the best place for us to be. That's the best place for us to be. I'll tell you, the Lord, He'll, he'll begin to use those that will lower themselves in the presence of God. Those that will lift what Christ up, as John the Baptist said, um, uh, uh, I must increase and he, or I must decrease and he must increase. Verse eight, Isaiah laying there uh, in, in humility before the Lord. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send, and who will go for us?" Then said I, Isaiah said, "Here am I. Send me." You know what the Lord's looking for? He's looking for some, for some folks that He can send. He's looking for some folks that represent Him here on this earth. We talk about this a lot, that we here on this earth have a purpose as ambassadors for Christ. That we're here to represent Christ. That we're here to reflect the light of Jesus Christ through us. Right? And you know what the Lord wants? He wants just someone, anyone, to say, Here am I. Send me. You say, how can I know that I can be uh, used of the Lord? How can I know that I can fulfill God's purpose for me? All we have to say is, here am I, send me. Really no uh, great qualifications, really no uh, awesome talent that we have to have is, is just willing. Willing, hey, Lord, here am I, send me. When we come to that place of surrender, Lord, you can take my life and you can use it. He'll begin to... He'll begin to work His purpose in our lives. I believe that. I believe if we seek His will in our lives, He'll lead us down a path. That when we look back, we'll say, that was obviously the Lord. 
That was obviously the Lord. Even turns that I took that I didn't want to take, uh, He helped me take them anyhow because He knew what was best. He knew what was best. I didn't know it at the time, but in my heart I was saying, Lord, I want Your will. I want Your will. I believe if we have a heart that says, Lord, I want Your will, then He'll, he'll, he'll work it out. He'll work His will out in our life and begin to lead us down that path that He knows the destination to. When we know that we're serving the Lord, boy, doesn't that bring purpose? Doesn't that bring just life? I mean, when you feel that you're on a mission for the Lord, that you're serving Him, that you're co- co-workers with Christ, doesn't that add that purpose? It adds that boldness. It adds that, that courage. It really begins to grow our faith. In closing, does it seem like you're living the abundant life? Are you experiencing all that Christ has for you here? Or are we just existing? Are we just doing what it takes to tread water? I say let's, let's, let's really live. Let's live life to the fullest. Let's seek His presence this week. Go to Him and say, Lord, uh, uh, meet with us. Lord, lead me. Guide me. Go to Him in prayer, starting our day with asking for His presence. And then believing He's with us. I mean, I believe He's with us here right now. That's, that's wonderful. That's a great feeling. It's just believing it. Hey, realizing that, hey, I'm in the presence of the Lord. He's walking with me. He's leading me today. I'm on a mission with Him. Seeking His power. Seeking His power. You know, the greatest thing I think that we could do as Christians is just fall in love with God. I mean, just fall in love with them. I don't think you could go wrong. That's the first and great commandment. You know, if you worried about anything, just worry about falling in love. Just, just maybe worry about, and it's not worry, but worry about, don't allow anything else to take the love that belongs to the Lord in our life. When we fall in love with Him, boy, we'll start to see the transforming power in our life. Love will transform us. And it'll transform those around us. It works. It works. Seek what His purpose is for our life. If I were to ask you right now, could you express it? Hey, what's God's purpose for your life? He has one. You know He does. So seek it out. And seek it. Open your heart and say, Lord, I'm willing. Here am I. Send me. Whatever you have for me. Whatever direction. I'm willing that you would do it. How would that look? How would that look this week if we began that, that, uh, that walk with him, that talk with him, that fellowship with him, that seeking his love, his presence, his purpose. That'd look wonderful. We'd experience life in a in a, in a bright, bright way.